0: Welcome to Killer Casting. I'm your host, Lisa Zambetti. I'm a casting director for television, film, podcast, video games, commercials. And with me today is my partner in crime. Say hello to Dean Laffin.
1: I'm going to assume you said hello, so I'll say hello back. And yes, welcome. Coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. Mm-hmm. And recapping this episode of Season 5 of Fargo, I'm pretty excited.
0: Oh, okay. I I have a lot to parse with you and see if you can help me figure mm. out this some of the things that came to my mind in episode 4, which is called Insolubility. Do you know what that means? Did you look it up?
1: I did. So there. listeners will know. Actually, I missed last week's uh, episode title. I didn't get onto the meaning of that, but this is this is so arcane and it's mm-hmm. just so it's just bizarre. It comes from the Middle Ages. Literally from the Middle Ages, it was a word used to describe thought to be unsolvable riddles Mm -hmm. or paradoxes. Yeah, paradoxes. Yeah, paradoxes. Mm -hmm. Like, like if I'm a liar and I say I'm not lying, right, right, right. You know that that's that's the classic one. And so we'll come we'll come back to that later in the episode. And yeah, because I'm
0: wondering who is lying. And yeah, what I read the example is there's an essay and. The first sentence of this essay is a lie. That's the first sentence of the essay. The yep. first sentence of it. And so like, OK, so is this the truth? Anyway, so mm. so yes, I it's, think it's, it's
1: it's very circular, isn't it? Yeah, you, can yeah. Just go, you go round and round on that shit.
0: But what it has to do with this episode, I'm not I'm not sure, but maybe we'll 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 parse it out. So we get back to where we left off the previous episode. It's Halloween. And the masks are coming out in the dark. And so we have Gator (laughs) and his goons approaching Dot's house. And they are all in, and this is a theme that other people have talked about, too, that they're all in the Nightmare Before Christmas masks, characters from that animated, uh, wonder that uh, classic.
1: Are they all? I mean, his is. He's he's Jack Skeleton. But the other one looked like No-Face from uh, Spirited Away, the um Miyazaki film but uh, no, I, one of
0: them is the mayor from the t- from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street okay. I, not, right. not Elm Street Nightmare on Nightmare Before, on Before Christmas. Christmas. Christmas and I know in one of the early episodes I think there was the theme song from Nightmare Before Christmas Damn. I think I think it was playing but anyway we see the goons surrounding the house so I don't know what you were feeling when they were sort of entering and peeking in the windows and skulking in now the audience knows that that house is booby trapped to the tits i mean it's like mm. full of what well, we think it's full of traps so as they're peeking around like i'm not really feeling as much danger for dot and her family i'm feeling kind of more danger for them like when are all these home alone traps gonna be sprung yes, i don't
1: know how did you exactly feel? yeah yeah no the same i was like okay i mean gate is not the smartest not the sharpest tool in the shed to start with So his, his compadres who are largely, you've word that you've used the word hapless to describe Dot's husband, but these guys take hapless to a new level. They're just completely fucking useless. (laughs) It's like now, now you're going to fuck it up for the second time. Right. And they do anyway. Yes. They're
0: definitely over their heads and overcompensating I'm just going to I just want to pull it up. Just give me one little second. I just want to pull up the actual episode so I just have some visuals before we continue. Okay. All okay. right. So we see dot she's in her house. She'll put she's putting it something in the oven and immediately I think, well, that's not muffins that she's putting in there. <laughs> yeah. And she puts on this throwback tiny Tim music that that infamous ukulele playing really novelty singer Tiny Tim singing the Sunny and share, was, was it? Was it? I got you, babe. Is that was? It the yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, I got you, babe? Did did she put that on in the house or was that just? Yes, overlaid? I think
0: it was diadetic. She put it on. Is that what it's called? Oh, diadetic okay. music. Yeah. So it was definitely oh, okay. a solid record playing or whatever. And
1: that um, I've never heard that. I mean, I know Tiny Tim he, uh, only because of that one hit that he had. tiptoed through Tip-toe, the kill-offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was a big hit in Australia as it was maybe elsewhere. But I've not heard this version of I Got You, babe, and overlaid onto this was fucking freaky like
2: it was just what a yeah.
1: juxtaposition of yeah. his high falsetto and he's trilling and he's doing all this stuff and but you've got this major physical altercation happening a I, I, masterful music as it's been throughout this entire series so I, I meant to look up who's been doing the music for this and I didn't do it so apologies to that guy or that girl or whoever that is but uh, whoever you are you're doing a, an incredible job carry on
0: so the goons are creeping around and as expected they let me just look and see what the first actual blow is that happens do you remember what the actual first uh, first wh- hit was, is
1: wasn't it the sledgehammer i think
0: yeah so i think it's a sledgehammer we've all been waiting for cracks the skull <laughs> of one and and it so then There's this sort of cat and mouse chase where she's trying to hurt them before they can hurt her. And she gets, she clobbers a few of them. And Mm. one of them turns out to be a female. I thought that was interesting.
1: Yes, yes, very much. And I thought it was interesting that, so the guy that gets pinned by the, we don't have these in Australia. I know you've got them a lot in the US. The ladders come down from the attic attic thing. Yeah, Nobody I know has one of those in their house in Australia. Absolutely nobody, Right. But it pings him by the neck. And what does she do? She goes and takes a ceramic lid off the toilet and smashes him in the head. So this Mm -hmm. is the second time in only, what, four episodes that someone, some bad guy's head is impacted with a ceramic toilet to no good effect. So I don't know what's going on with that, but it's funny.
0: Right. So I don't know about you, but I found... The whole thing kind of anticlimactic. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe because the convenience store gas station standoff, she was so clever and so lethal and so tactical Mm -hmm. that I just kept going. It just wasn't as thrilling to me. Like she didn't seem to outsmart them as much as you would think that she'd had all this time to prepare Like, I I just felt like, what is the point of all these booby traps? And when she could have just knocked them out quicker or, I don't know, thrown off again, done like the hair, the hairspray flamethrower, like something that dispatched them more effectively. It kind of felt like she was just sort of running around and, and I don't know, there was something about it that didn't seem as well thought out when it should have been. And also, so it turns out, that up in the attic, Wayne and Scotty are hiding. Yep. Why? Yeah. Why are they yeah. hiding?
1: Yeah, because because she's still, she's still uh, running this fantasy that now we're going to get to the, well, it's one of the links to the episode title, but she's still running this fantasy and this lie that everything's fine. Everything, it's okay. Everything, it's it's all good, right? Wait, I'm baking so, biscuits, I'm doing stuff, right? So yeah. how how does she convince him to go into the attic and then she's going to wake downstairs and uh, home alone, these motherfuckers. It does. Exactly.
0: What is mm. there? What are we supposed to believe? Like, did she tell him some version of the truth? I mean, why wouldn't he, he who has this incredibly powerful mother, mm. if he was at all in jeopardy, he and his child and his wife, if he thought his house was being broken into, why wouldn't he run? Call the neighbors. Call the cops. So, what would stop him from calling law enforcement? What would stop him from calling mommy? It just—it mm. didn't make any sense. And why they were—maybe it will be revealed later how she got them to be hiding and why he would think that his wife would be capable of ramboing. Yes, I know. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Know,
1: Four guys. Like, like it, as as what his name? The, the son said she's said to Ole, She's a hundred pounds, ring and wet. Like he couldn't take her. And he's like, dude, she's a tiger. You never told me she was a tiger, but she yeah. is still a hundred pounds, ring wet. And so, yeah. I mean, up was... until
0: that moment that they peeked their little heads out of the attic, I thought, okay, well, surely maybe they've gone for ice cream. They're just not. She's gotten them out of the house somehow. He's she's made up some kind of excuse that the husband has taken Scotty to a friend's for. I don't know, but that they were there. Like the narrative for me was like, what? Ooh, record scratch. And so, and then he he's seen her wiring the house. I mean, how does he not know that the windows are electrified? Poor hapless Wayne then really brutally gets electrocuted trying to get out the window. And I thought he was a goner. I don't know if you did.
1: Yeah, no, I I, know. I thought he was gone when he fell back. I'm like, that's it. Okay, they're gonna. This is the first big. It's going to be the big drop. Okay, he's done. He's toast, literally. But yeah, turned out not to be. But um uh, But anyway, so she ends up dragging him out of the house because, because what's the son's name? Gator. No, no Gator. Mm-hmm. So Gator has set fire to the house, and she literally has to drag oh, Wayne no. out of the has house. Has
0: he set fire? No, I think that the the elect the electric, like oh, really? lit, lit up the the curtains. Oh. And he's he's trying to bash through the door with the zombie killing bat. And they had a nice little, I mean, that was a great moment. I mean, this is a moment we've been waiting for, right? We've been Mm. waiting for Gator to come and have a confrontation with Dot and see her face to face and say, I know where you are now and they have that moment where he's i think he said hi mom or whatever and she's like shame on you and it, i yeah, just i thought that you. was a great moment <laughs> and you really yeah. can see this relationship that she's known him since he was probably a little boy and he's not her son but mm. he was her stepson and so you have that little moment of a relationship and and i do i love that and i mean i love juno temple's acting in this whole thing but the story was just swiss cheesing for me
1: yeah, no, that's saying, you're, you're right. Yeah, that scene was a little bit weird, but I'm ready to give it license because hashtag Fargo and Noah Hawley. And yes, it was, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to use the word clumsy, but it was a little bit like, eh, we're requiring a lot of suspension of disbelief at this point, right? Yeah. Which is, which is fine because that comes baked into Fargo. But I did think that when, he, when she dragged Wayne out and she's dragged him out, like in, into the dark and she's there with her daughter and she's already starting to gaslight her daughter about what's just going on, right? Uh-huh. And then she looks it up and there's a cut to the house burning and it's like the house is burning down and her anonymous life is, well, the house is burning up and her anonymous life is burning down. So reality is coming for you no matter how much you might want to push it away, Yeah, no matter how kind of perky and confident you are about sort of oh yeah no it's okay it's over not. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, chickens will come home to roost at some point
0: well i just love the close-up of her face as she's watching her house burn the second story burn and she's literally watching it go up in smoke i mean the camera lingers not just on the flames yeah. but on the smoke as it whips wisps above into the night so i thought that that was cool Oh, there's other things, just the physics of all the fighting. I was having a problem with, like, you know, when she cracks that guy's head with that porcelain mm. thing, I mean, that should have smashed his head and killed yeah. him. And it, yeah, didn't, yeah, right? No, it should have been two
1: dead, not one dead. Yeah.
0: And pushing Wayne off of the roof onto the ground, I didn't understand how he even sur- could have survived that. Or sur- it just, I wasn't understanding how. All the physics was uh, look. The, the
1: other the other thing about that house invasion scene that bugged me, and it's it's going to be an old man moment here because I'm nearly sixty. <laughs> but but it was so fucking dark. It was so unbelievable. Yeah, I found yeah, it really I hard. I found I it really hard to work out what's going on. I started watching on my big TV on SVS on demand. Then I switched to my laptop, so I thought that would be better yeah then i went back to the big screen i'm like okay it's just you and i was adjusting brightness so nothing worked anyway yeah i mean
0: this isn't house of the dragon's dark where people literally were like writing to hbo saying i can't (laughs) fucking see what's happening in this bazillion dollar tv show but anyway so yeah and then the other little tight this is such a stupid detail but like what was the point of putting the thing in the oven like, was she trying to cause the alarm to go off or smoke? Or like, what was the... I there know, wasn't enough tricks to everything. Like, I wasn't sure what the payoff was.
1: And then with him, when he's, he runs in and he pulls it out of the oven, he sticks it in the in the sink. And I'm like, why do you fucking care? Yeah. Like, who cares? Who cares yeah. about that? You've got other priorities. Who cares about the ship burning in the oven? Right. But, but, but the fire alarm or the, the smoke alarm was really annoying and i had to laugh because when he smashes that out of the out of the um ceiling full disclosure about a month ago the smoke alarm went off in our taking a bat
0: to their smoke yeah
1: in our hallway and it's like uh, it was like i was cooking steak and it was i had the i had the what do you call it the like the the fan on and the the thing on the range hood i had the exhaust on everything and it's like, beep, 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 That's really loud and it sets the dogs off and I just lost my shit. So I stepped, <laughs> I stepped out the back door and I picked up, I had a, I just put a big, what's called a mash hammer, right? So it's not a normal hammer that you'd hammer nails with. It's something that you bust concrete with, but it's, you can hold it in one hand, like Thor's hammer. Oh,
2: okay. And I
1: was, and April's like, no, no, no. And I'm
2: just like, fuck it. Bam, and
1: that sucker went. Off the ceiling. So yes, at the truck. At the I have that definitely
0: one. done the same with the broom in my house. Just like I just can't take it. It just keeps going. Anyway, okay, moving right along, we go to Sheriff Roy Tillman in the chapel, his own personal chapel. I take it on his his compound. Yeah, that's a- and that is the biggest freaking Christ on a cross I've ever seen. It's almost like a life sized Christ, like standing <laughs> like, just right there, like, hey, buddy. And he's talking to God, and it's so interesting because he's recounting a case that he had worked, and we would call this in the true crime world, he's recounting a horrific family annihilator, uh, a father who murders his entire family, and he recounts that at that moment, Tillman thought that he could see the devil goading Mm. on this father, and at the same time, is monologuing the story, we see old Ole entering the sheriff's house smeared with blood. And it's and so he's talking about a family annihilator at the same time. We start worrying like, is Ole about yeah. to annihilate Tillman's family? I thought that was a cool, really cool crossfade.
1: Yeah. No, the the religious kind of overtones I've said before on the pod, like America's quite religious. Not quite, but more so than Australia. So we kind of we we understand the trope, but we don't have a life experience of that. And so to hear him talking about that and talking about the Kings and talking about being, what did he say? I don't know. Basically, he just feels that he's invincible. And then Ole was saying in the bath
2: oh, yeah, about. Yeah, we're not there. We're not
1: yeah. There. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll get to that. All right. Well, we'll save that for a bit later. But did we skip over the the scene with, with officer Indira Olmsted in the car when she gets um, into the car?
0: I don't
1: Okay. No, well, that's whether we... you, no, that's later. Okay, later. All right. I'll yeah, park yeah. it. Let's, let's come back to that.
0: Yeah. And I just, I love the thematic parallel where the sheriff has sent his goons to invade Dot's family, all the while not realizing Ole has yes. come and invaded <laughs> his family while they are safe in their bed. So I think that that's I thought that right. was a really cool parallel. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I
1: ha- no, I have seen online that plenty of people have asked if anyone could interpret the signal or the... The sigil that, yeah. that Ola that Ole drew on that. Some people think it might be Welsh, which might go back to his his that weird five hundred year jump cut. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. But no, anyway.
0: but Ole's finger painted in goat's blood, some sort of weird mm. rune symbol. Yes. Ole likes his signs. Let's put it that he way. Does. He leaves a sign on the deputy when he murders him and he leaves a sign here. Anyway. So that's done. And then we go to the hospital. So, okay. I thought this whole little monologue to little Scotty where Dot is telling her, we don't talk about those men. It never happened. If we talk about them, they come back. Like she's imparting this whole philosophy, like her philosophy of how she survived. That's what I was getting, that she's sharing this with her daughter on Mm. how in a very childlike way, this is how she... Stays sane and keeps herself safe. Like I can't see them, they can't see me. So we're not going to talk mm. about who those men are. We can't talk about them because talking about them brings them into existence. We're just going to deny that it happened. It didn't happen. This is what happened. Daddy scratched his face in the in the bushes. It wasn't everything was an accident, and it's really an awful thing to teach your child.
2: Oh no! You know, to completely deny oh, no. Her it her was...
0: reality. But that's her yeah. way. That's that's what she's yeah. learned to do to survive.
1: And it's yet to be revealed, of course, how she if she was with Tillman, <clears throat> a hams character, then she was no doubt dominated right by him because that's his nature. Mm-hmm. So how did she get away? And how did she become this like I said? It, I think the first episode, it's like the long kiss, good night with Gina Davis. She's actually a tiger, as as always said. So. How did she become a tiger or was she one before she went to Tillman? It's yet mm. to be revealed. And I'm curious to see how that plays out. But yeah, yep. no, that was a very disturbing scene where she's asking her daughter to participate in her complete and utter, like, lack of reality.
0: Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. such a huge burden for a child to carry, to carry right. that pretense. But anyway, so we now we go to our trusty state trooper, Wit. He is not giving up on finding Dot. He is watching that gas station security tape with Deputy Olmstead, and they're reviewing it. And they don't get too much out of it, but they can identify Dot. And so they they're they're not giving up. And we find out in, in that scene also that Olmstead is in terrible debt. She goes out to her car and she's she's fielding calls from creditors. From her golfer husband, who degloved his finger. Oh my goodness, that sounds I awful.
1: I know, right? The only
0: the only second That's... worst thing could be degloving another appendage. That's usually when I've heard that. But anyway, yeah.
1: this scene, this this scene, they use a technique that they've done already several times on this, which I just love. So she's in, she's in the patrol car, and she's mm-hmm. taking the phone call, but we're hearing the voiceover. Of Jennifer Jason Lee's character, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lion talking to the Forbes reporter, and she's describing she's polishing the turd of how they buy this <laughs> debt and they help people recover with, with 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 recovery plans and no, we're gentle and we're kind and we're whatever. And she made the guy said you made one point six billion dollars last year, one point six billion. So that that puts a number on just how much money yeah. she's got uh, that's, that's in the family. And that's family money, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that it's not public, but it might be. It might be a public company. Maybe if he's got the number, it's public. I don't know. But anyway, but, but, the, but the overlay uh, of the video and the audio, and they did it too with when, when Tillman was doing his uh, speech about the Kings and this and the other, we saw a vision of him, but we, saw the, but we heard the audio from Ole in the bath. And so there's a really beautiful kind of overlap of audio and video, yeah, which that. which can happen. You often see it maybe with I don't know a second or two, but you don't often see it for like thirty seconds. Yeah. So credit to the editors. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: yeah. I do love that kind of storytelling. It kind of it kind of kills two stories with one stone in a weird way. You get to have like these, oh. these double POVs,
1: and of course, Lorraine is saying to the reporter. While we're watching uh Indira, that poor people are powerless. They just are it's like she's powerless to her husband, she's powerless to like to her situation. She can rescue it, but it's gonna take a lot of work. But that's just that's just the way that Lorraine sees it. And she's like, I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. Well, Lorraine gets the news that her her son's house is caught on fire which of course she's like of course it has <laughs> yes. she doesn't oh, really no,
2: that's, that's that's a great
1: Doesn't scene.
0: really about ba- much
1: the, when the guy comes in and says yes mm-hmm. i know you didn't want me to interrupt you but he whispers your husband's house is on fire and she your just son's looks at your, it, son, your, son's, your son's, son's yeah son's house is on fire <laughs> and she just she just nods and goes of course it is like she's not gonna, gonna
0: break a sweat in front of this fucking reporter uh, from uh. Port- so everybody converges on poor dot at the hospital, everybody wants to talk to her. The state trooper's there, the deputy's there, Lorraine's there, left eye is there. Whatever. What Dave Foley's? What's his character? Dave. Oh, uh, Graves. Right his she, last
1: name is Graves. Putting him, putting him in an eye patch is such a cool idea. I just love it.
0: I wish he had more to do. To be honest with you, I know. Yeah, like blind so far in this season, but anyway. And Lorraine is sort of rumpfing her way around the hospital, trying to be all important and trying to take charge of something she has no business taking charge of. And fortunately, Dot escapes them by actually there's kind of an interesting vibe between the women. Like, I think Lorraine is still like holding the line as far as, look, if my daughter in law says nothing happened, nothing happened. Or mm. "We're, we're yeah, yeah. I don't like her, but she's one of mine and you're not mm. going to have anything to do with her remember we don't need the police right
2: yeah, but anyway
0: then yeah. poor dot goes and sees wayne because he's waking up and he's just i just love david ristall in this he's i've just got such affection for this actor in this role because he's just sort of this aw shucks performance could be so <laughs> saccharine in the hands yeah could be so fake it could be so, yeah, right. could be so mm-hmm. phony baloney and he mm-hmm. just has such sincerity, and you can see he's in—he's still in shock, and he's trying to piece together what happened, but it's clearly his circuits are not connecting. He's not no. quite knows what's uh-huh. going on, which which yeah, is great for her, because she can kind of narrate for him what happened, right? So he doesn't say what happened. But I'm still D- wondering, did he even know why he was in the attic? Like, what, what has she told him up till D- now?
1: The thing about this scene that really kind of struck me was that commonly in TV and film, and I assume in real life, although I don't know, that it's it's the men gaslight the women.
2: Mm.
1: And instead, she is totally gaslighting him right now. She's like, no, that never happened. No, I'm not Nadine. No, my name is Dot. I'm your wife. Don't you remember? And then you came in and you tried to plug in the lights and you... Something went wrong and he's like, oh, really? I, I, is that what happened? And it was just, she's just a masterful manipulator for good reason. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to end well. It's like, How can it possibly end well? But the great thing
0: about this actor, I'm looking at a still, I have the screen up and I'm looking at a still of his face and he's just staring at her with such love. He keeps saying, you're my wife and yeah, yeah. his but his eyes are filled with tears mm. so there is trauma there there is vulnerability there so it's just a delicious moment that this actor is achieving that he he's he's in shock he's he's terribly wounded and yet he something in him knows that something's not right but He loves her so much. He's just willing to just go with it. It's just a a great nuance. But I
1: think that resonates with the whole Fargo universe, doesn't it? Particularly season one and the film where you've got characters that are absolutely malevolent, right? Like Peter Stamare's character doesn't give a shit, right? I'll kill you. Same with Bushkimi. But then you've got Marge Agonderson and you've got the husband. And so there's this... There's this weird mix of really likable, lovable, trusting people coming up against people who are just not, and so <laughs> so that 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 sort of makes sense to me in a way. But yeah. anyway,
2: hi, I'm Wendy Elaine Wright, former Hollywood talent manager, and also founder of the Hollywood Winter Circle Academy, where I, along with my staff of experienced teachers and working industry professionals, offer beginning actors some of the best training in the world. Have you ever dreamed of becoming a performer, but you don't know where to start or you're confused by the process? Our innovative courses are designed for aspiring actors at the very start of their careers to help them not only learn how to act, but also learn the business of being an actor. My program prepares you for every aspect of the industry, strengthening your acting skills and your audition techniques, but also showing you how step-by-step you can get a great headshot, craft a resume, build an acting reel, get an agent or manager, how to be considered for acting work, and so much more. But more importantly, the Hollywood Winner's Circle offers you a community of support where people around you really care about your future as an artist and want to help you take your career to the next level. Curious? You can take my free masterclass by going to HollywoodWinner'sCircle.com for more information. See you there.
0: Yeah. Okay, so then we cut to this other scene where the FBI are two daunt, undaunted FBI agents that we met talking to John Hamm at the hot tub. They are talking to their superior, and I had to look up who this was. I couldn't tell, is this guy a politician? Is he, and I guess he's a judge. And they're talking to him about all the dirt that they have on Sheriff Tillman and their suspicions that he is stockpiling weapons for a militia. And that they had an informant in there. Ooh, that made me. That perked me up. Like, ooh, who? Who was the mm-hmm. informant? And that he's missing two wives. So this is new information. This is all like a bunch of new information that. So we get a lot more background about Tillman, and they really want to go after him. But kind of, I think, very wisely, in some ways, this judge is saying we kind of need him because he may be awful and an anathema to the Constitution. <laughs> But he does keep a a, a tight ship down there, right? He is is keeping all the the bugs and locusts in check and kind of need him to do that and let him play his little weekend warrior games because it's going to create way more problems to go after him than just to let him be voted out or whatever. Um, Well,
1: uh, one of the things I read in preparation for this episode was that Tillman's solution to a dead body Is more dead bodies. It's like so he's just gonna keep piling it on. So he's just gonna go ballistic. And yeah, he's he's on a mission, literally. And so this whole vibe of him being reciting the Bible verses and the fact that the FBI director or judge or DA, whatever he is, is telling them he tells them the parable of Mao, Chairman Mao getting everyone to kill the sparrows and the unforeseen incident was or result was that. The bugs and locusts went crazy and ate all the all the crops, and so that's what he's trying to tell them is, yeah, okay, he's he's bad, but he's not the worst thing. And <laughs> I thought I, I thought that was interesting,
0: right, right, right. The one thing about this scene now, hopefully, we're going to have Nick Gomez come on. He plays one of the FBI mm. agents in this scene, and I I one hundred percent sign and endorse his performance. However, his scene partner in this, the female FBI agent. I was really bumping on her. There was just something about her that was just having mm. this sort of FBI esque swagger, and and I know that the performances in this are kind of pushed out into stereotype. The, the Wayne, the husband, is a very aw shucksy, stereotypical Midwestern husband, but the way that she was sort of doing this FBI esque character. It just, it just, uh, obviously they cast her for a reason and they directed her towards that for a reason, but she doesn't really match with what Nick is doing. Like, and I've cast Nick as law enforcement before. So there's, uh, he, he comes across effortlessly as law enforcement. Whereas she's it's almost like, did you ever watch um, Portlandia with I don't know if you ever watched that, but it's not it's a comedy show with Fred Armiston and Carrie Bronstein. And she looks a lot. Carrie Bronstein looks a lot like this actress. And it's almost like a skit about an FBI right. agent, like how, how they would be sort of strutting around and and just her whole physicality of it just seems so mocking of wow. the role okay. instead of yes. just being in it. So you have got me really I-
1: intrigued. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because I've got none of that. And my my suspicion is that this is your casting director inside baseball, any kind of special third eye that you can see shit that no one else sees. Because nothing about her bothered me. I just thought it was a cool scene, and I was more really? focused on on their boss than than the two of them. But I'll go back and watch it again. And yeah, give it a watch.
0: I mean, I've only cast about two 200- hundred. FBI agents, give or take. Yeah. So, right. and not that well, they you know. all—they all have to be the same. They certainly aren't. And of course, on Criminal Minds, they were. Well, yeah. they were FBI in like every state and law enforcement in every state. But there was something. You probably up- got
1: more friends. You probably got more friends who were FBI agents than anybody, right? Clemente, I right? Have in, I have a uh, few. I have a few. Fitz, yeah. like all of them. Like blah 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 blah.
0: Anyway, yeah. but um, but. It's okay, and Nick, if you're listening to this, please don't hate me. I still want you to come on and talk about it. Anyway, okay, so now we come to maybe your favorite scene, Ole in the bathtub, explain a babbling something. What was this all about, do you think? What's the purpose of his little monologue of? Um,
1: okay, you put me on the spot, and I honestly don't know. Like, this is, it's, it's to do with the title of, no, it's not to do with the title of this one. It's more harking back to him. I don't know what they intended with the flashback, whether he's, uh, when they went jump back 500 years, Uh I don't know whether he's like reincarnated or cause he looks the same. He's the exact same guy or whether he's a descendant. I don't know, but I did uh, what I, what I saw in that scene where he was like, oh, in some culture, they have something called a filth eater. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can have somebody who takes the sins and the, I think it was the writer of that episode said that it was kind of a parable for how rich people just fuck poor people over because they can, it's happened forever and it's never going to change. Right. Which is, which is also linked to the way that uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character is taking advantage of these poor people in debt and making 1.6 billion. So for a few dollars. Ole gets, or Ole, whoever he was back then, 500 years ago, eats this guy's sins so that guy, that rich guy, goes into heaven, presumably, and Ole sold his soul to the devil. That's what I kind of took away from that scene, and this one in the bath was sort of a continuation of that. I mean, he's a tortured soul. He's, he's in the bath, but he's absolutely filthy. It's like, how can you be in the bath and be that dirty? Well, I but just anyway. would like
0: to know where he's from because he doesn't seem to be part of the militia compound, right? No. So but where is his community where he seems to be from some world and he's not clearly from his mother's world anymore. Oh no. And I'm just and it just seems like his bathtub monologue is all about, look, I'm it I'm not gonna get paid back for this. But I'm gonna get
2: paid.
0: I and and I'm gonna pay with my life. Maybe like I may have to die, but I am gonna get revenge. So it was a very kind of doomy, gloomy kind mm. of speech. Where at the end, he all he really wants is pancakes. And I wasn't sure was he talking to his mother. Like for a minute, I thought is he gonna murder his mother? What's happening? Like I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But we know that there is this demon-backed force that's out there that's not giving up. And, and the
1: more and and the more we see of him. The more Anton Shagogi he kind of looks, and I think that <laughs> that's it's it's like he's uh, not ruthless, but he's uncompromising, and he's on a path relentless. More, yeah. yeah, relentless. Yes, yes, good word. And so it's whatever's going to happen, is going to happen, and he doesn't care, and he doesn't care who's in the way. It's just going to happen. So
0: okay, here's my big yeah. question in this next sequence. All right,
1: mm-hmm. All right. so Gator.
0: From Gator from Lagoon Squad rolls up, having not done his duty. He not napped Dot. He failed mm. and her family. And so he rolls up to the compound and there is a body on a blue tarp being rolled up. And he's like, what's going on here? And they're like, and they said something about Ole came back. But who is that bot? Who are they rolling up?
1: Okay, so I didn't have time to rewind, but he said, Oh, by the way, where is Bill? Or where is somebody? I don't know. I think it was that guy. So I I think Who's, it's one wait, who of said that? Who's, data.
0: No, he da, says, da, Where da, is Roy? Meaning his dad. He's like, Where's Roy? And he said and then he says something about it. he went I I forget uh-huh. what the other character said on the But there is a dead body. And I'm like, okay. Was that the, I don't know, the security guard in front? Like, did we just not see that scene and Ole maybe killed him to yeah. get into the house? Yeah. What, yeah, what, be, what the that'd fuck? That'd be very
1: Fago esque.
0: But what has happened? Yeah. Why don't we know what's going on? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. They so- love,
1: they love, they love to leave questions rather than answers in Holly Dust, oh, as okay. does the film, All but right. certainly Holly does. But yeah, you have to, you have to kind of work it out. All right. Fine. Oh, no. I'll we'll yeah, just okay. accept that.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard, seen anybody else ask that question in all the reviews nor has anybody asked why were Wayne and Scotty up in the Okay, so you and I mm-hmm. are are it's clearly we are deeply questioning this. Anyway, so the next scene sheriff he's paying a visit to that strung out couple that he wrapped up in the coffee shop. Again, what is going on in this scene? He again is bible speaking to the guy what is the point of this, honestly?
1: Oh, he's he's trying to wind him up. He is absolutely. I read it like he's trying to get this guy. He knew that guy had a gun.
2: Yeah, he
1: knew that he hated him, and what he wanted to do was get the guy to draw down on him so that he could quick draw. And I'm like, he is going to quick draw and shoot this guy. I could see that like two minutes before it happened. Uh-huh. Absolutely, he's sitting there when the, when when Josh. Joshua, when he first pulls the gun out and he's pointing it at him and he's hands shaking, I'm going, Hit. Tillman's got a gun right there on his right shoulder. He's just going to snap, draw and fucking kill you. And as he said, blame you for what Ole did. So case closed. And he, I, I think he felt that he was doing the right thing because killing that guy, he would have said, is a piece of shit. And he said to the, to the girlfriend, I've saved you from black eyes and broken bones, but." Mm-hmm. But you owe me, and I look after our friends, and you're my friend, right? And she and she nods, and she's scared shitless. He walks out, and then if you look at the scene, it's brilliant editing. He walks out, totally confident that he's got her on side, and she just swallows hard. She gulps. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh my god, what have I just got myself into?" Like it was brilliant, brilliant ed- uh, acting and mm-hmm. editing so just yeah if you look at that yeah anyway i just so felt I, like wh- i think that's what why did
0: he just shoot him i mean why did he need to goad him into it like what's why like there's no, no there's not going to be like a forensic team that comes out there and says oh, oh no. yes you you <laughs> drew he drew first and you had no choice i mean we've already established that he covers up completely so yeah. why not just kill him what's the point of of that whole thing whatever i guess it just know, didn't just track the, for me. I didn't buy it. I was like, maybe it's just ma, ma, this is just an ma, excuse to have
1: whatever exposition. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I enjoyed it, and and I I just I love the fact that after this, what does he do? He walks out of the house and rides off on his fucking yeah. horse like John the
0: Wayne. Sunset. Yeah. it does a
2: sunset. Beautiful
0: shot. Absolutely beautiful. So again, this is a beautifully made series. It's it's gorgeous to look at. There are fantastic acting performances, but and uh, but some things are just not hanging together. Like I'm definitely there's a lot of Swiss cheese in this in this for me, and I mm, like Swiss cheese. Yeah. I think I need a little more Munster, right? Than Munst- Swiss cheese.
2: Mun- in this. Do you need Munster?
0: Munster- you don't have monster cheese. No, what's it's monster? It's like a soft, creamy, sliceable, yummy, mild mm-hmm.
1: cheese. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Okay, anyway, yeah, something with less holes in it. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm still. Anyway, in, but, but <clears throat> oh yeah, go ahead. I no. I just wanted to say that that the episode title ties back to Graves when 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 the cops when uh Witt says to Dot, I know you. I saw you there that's that's reality and graves looks at him through his one eye and says with all due respect we have our own reality
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: and so i think awesome. that is that is what the title is yeah. about like it's about it's about that lie but in truth jennifer jason lee's character and graves and with, 1, with 1. 1.6 billion they do have their own reality it's not the same as us yeah. like they, they they're they're rich, super 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 rich, untouchable. They can do whatever the fuck they want. It is their own reality. So yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. thought that was really cool.
0: So it, we have other things to look forward to. We have look forward to some kind of reckoning between Dot and Roy. It's gonna. It's, it's oh, it's coming and Ole yeah. and what was this great? And I just just to kind of put a period on the Nightmare Before Christmas. One thing about the Nightmare Before Christmas, if you remember, it's all about. Jack Sculling, Scullington, who, who wants to be something he isn't. And his, his effort to make Christmas his, he ruins it. And so it's, he, gets, he gets out of his lane. He, he's trying to renounce who he really is for something that he really loves. And it doesn't work. At least mm. I don't remember it working. I remember that it, it goes kind of horribly wrong, and they have to kidnap Santa Claus, and all kinds of shit goes down. But anyway, oh my
1: God, so um... I, I, I've only watched it once, and that was like 20 years ago, whatever it came oh, out. It's really so great. It's really so great. yeah, I know, I know. It's my kids love it. April loves it. They they all think it's one of the best Christmas movies. But I just yeah haven't seen it for a long time, so I I, I don't know.
0: Well, there we go. We have smashed episode. What episode is this?
1: Four yeah.
0: is it four? Think. Is it four? Uh, oh, I think it's yeah, four. Okay, well that's it. We have smashed episode number four. Thank you, Dean, for jumping in and giving me your, as always, your very much appreciated thoughts. You always do way more research than I do, so I always really appreciate that.
1: <laughs> well, that's 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 because you have industry experience and I have none. So uh, I have to I have to get my game face on a little bit and read some reviews and some recaps and look at IMDB and look at clips and so I can at least yeah pretend, pretend that I know what the hell I'm talking about, which listeners will probably know that that's not the case. but
0: <laughs> All right, y'all join us next week. We have a very special guest joining us next week. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for you, I believe. Somebody who actually directed a couple of episodes a couple seasons ago of Fargo and he's a friend of mine and he's coming out and he wants to talk about Fargo. So uh, this season of Fargo, wait. so I'm super excited. But for now, this is Killer Casting signing
2: off.